Hello Survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 37 and in this edition we go in search of Rosemary Winters and the answers to some very big questions in our review of the brand new Resident Evil Village. Looking after all of you like a mother, my name is Cy and joining me this week are three of First Aid Spray's lords. He feeds off the audience, not your reaction. He makes Ribena out of your blood. It's Boy Wonder Adam. Hello. Building an army of gear-clad soldiers of his own so he can take a little time off from work, it's Fire Button Steve Balance. Hello. And like a gigantic fish out of water, it's a very, very moist owlet, a.k.a. James. Hello. This episode of First Aid Spray, like all others, was recorded live on our Discord server. Enter our little world of survival horror now to hear the show early and unedited, as well as join our wonderful community and keep up to date with all of the latest news. You can find a link to the server, as well as our social media profiles, at our website, fasprayPod.com. You can also help the show by checking out our merchandise, or by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month, with various tiers, each with their own perks. Head over to patreon.com forward slash FA Spray Pod for a full list and the chance to create bonus first aid spray content. It's the big one. We have arrived. It's time to talk about the latest game in the series. Um, so that's the main course that we, we we do have obligatory starters to get through. Uh, if you want to get to the bulk of the podcast, as always, you can check the description wherever you're listening and uh, hit the time code up to go directly there. Uh, but we will cover a little bit of news from the last few weeks and a fair bit of housekeeping as well. We've had quite a lot going on recently. First of all, thank you to our latest Patreons. We've had a little bit of a wave in the last few weeks as well, which is really, really nice. So thank you to Elliot Edward. Thank you to Dalton Smith. Thank you to Maverick. And thank you to Happy Smelly, uh, who not just pushed us up to a new goal on our Patreon numbers, but also pushed us beyond it as well, which means we've unlocked a new bonus episode poll, which is now being voted on. And as always, if you are a hunter or a tyrant, you can vote on these on our Patreon. And if you're a tyrant, you get to hear these episodes a month before everyone else. As did you hear our Film Club Mortal Kombat episode, which comes out quite soon, our surprise bonus uh, our surprise bonus bonus episode, looking at the 95 and 2021 Mortal Kombat films. We put out our previous uh, bonus episode publicly just before the release of Village. So if you want to hear us talk about Heavy Rain, that's out now in your feed. Scroll back for that. Uh, it's a very critical look at that game. I'll say that much. But we all arrived at similar points in different ways, which is, is quite an interesting one. Uh, now that's what I call survival horror. Our series on Resident Evil music discussion. The second episode for that is now out. Uh, for the general public as well. Steve and I talking about the soundtrack for RE2 Classic. That's over on our YouTube, as is a, a whole slew of new videos. Five things we want to see from RE-verse, which was uh, mercifully wit uh, written by our community. So thank you to all of those guys for putting their ideas into the hat for that one. Uh, five things you may have missed from Resident Evil Village uh, came out this week, as well as James's uh, Mercenaries runs that he was streaming and he's put his own highlights over on his own channel. The link's in the description for that. So you can watch sort of the highlights of his first experiences with Village. And there is plenty of new stuff in the works. Even literally like a few days from now, we'll be dropping a new video. So make sure you subscribe to us over on YouTube. I think that's everything in terms of the housekeeping. So let's move into the news. Steve, please take us away. 
first news then. Uh, Resident Evil Verse has been delayed until, in quotation marks here, summer. Disappointing, I suppose. I mean, we're all kind of intrigued or, or above to try it out uh, for the most part. It's a shame, but um, my standpoint at this point, especially post-playing RE Village, is it's probably for the best. Uh, it's probably best to let that shadow die down and, and let people get their fill of village and stuff like mercenaries because I feel like Verse just gets completely lost if it drops at the same time. Uh, what say you, Steve? Personally, I am of, of the agreement. I imagine a lot of feedback from the beta and the way that it was a little bit uh, clunky to get moving, you know, where, where there are a lot of connection issues amongst other things. Yeah. They may be taking that feedback on board and obviously delaying it and pacing it is obviously going to work out better because if Reverse had been fully available, I guarantee a lot of people would not have played it, like rightly as you said. Not out of any malice towards the game, just a sheer case of Village has so much to it. 100%. Uh, James, how are you feeling about waiting for our reverse are you interested at all uh yeah i am interested i did give it a little bit of a go um <clears throat> during the the demo that was brought out um it was clear there were some snags in the game and uh that would have been spotted during the beta test uh, mm. but that's what beta tests are for folks <laughs> so absolutely um, yeah the community shouldn't I, you shouldn't get too bent out of shape about this um if you want a good good you know fun game you want a good fun game, not a kind of good fun game, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I will wait. I, I will wait, and I won't. I won't get too upset about it. But yeah, I was. I, I always get worried when games get like, uh, like put back a little bit. But at the same time, like, it, it also proves a little bit of like passion. You know, not a little bit. It proves a, a bit of passion by the, by the games company because they want to put it out there the best it can be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone always goes back to the classic quote now where, you know, uh, a delayed game is delayed, but it's usually better for it. But a rush game is pretty much never good. So, yeah, any extra tweaking is fine. Adam, how do you feel about this one? Uh, it's kind of off my radar still. Yeah, It's not... I, I'm more of a story-driven player, as it were. So I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot, seeing as I have it downloaded, um, as it were. You know, it's already on the system. But I'm not. I'm not bothered. It could come next year. It could come in two years. It, it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't change my feelings on it. I'll, when it drops, I'll give it a go. That's fair enough. Yeah, uh, I think it was a bit of a surprise in yeah. a way. They haven't really like. They didn't make any big grand statement of it. It was just kind of deciphered before Village. People found out on the website and stuff like that and press releases that it wasn't coming right. at exactly the same as time. As long as it's good as Duke Nukem Forever, which we waited so long for, <laughs> it'll be fine. Oh man, I should hope so. <laughs> so, the other bit of news, and it's testament to what we're going to be talking about today, is that Village, as of recording, has surpassed 3 million sales. So those figures are true as of I think Monday, maybe Tuesday latest actually. So we're now Whoa. we're yeah we're beyond the the week mark, but I don't think there's been uh, any further update. Um, that's a good number. I mean I think that's around similar to RE seven. I think got got a similar number on its first weekend, and RE two was a little bit under that if I remember rightly. It's it's a good strong number um, to start with, and I think yeah you when we get this updated sale figures it's 
I think it's going to tear away from the pack in terms of first week sales. Yeah. Just just judging by some of the other numbers we saw that weekend in the beginning of this week where it's broken series records for concurrent players on Steam. Um, it absolutely destroyed concurrent Twitch streams for the series as well. Like far and away, it was, was it like over 110,000 or something crazy in the first weekend at once. It was mental. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think this it's is going to be... almost unanimous praise as well across the board. Yeah, the, the review game, scores so were good as well. That's going to help. It's going to... Yep. We got some updated general figures from Capcom in the middle of the week as well. And they say that RE7 is still climbing. It's now like an extra million on top of what we heard last, which is nice. But uh, yeah, I think Village is going to... It's going to catch up fast. That's my, that's my feeling anyway. And it's, it's unsurprising as well, right? Because, like, I mean, it's... It's not. It's a nice surprise, but Capcom did such a fantastic job marketing this game, and mm. like teasing just enough of it to the audience without spoiling the rest of it. Like you know, despite what the rest of the internet is saying right now, that's exactly what we wanted. Which you know, we wanted to go into it with fresh eyes, and like I think that's really helping this game. You know, because there there's more than just Lady D in it, right? So when people pick it up, they're like, holy crap there's like so much to this game mm-hmm. you know because of what's been already shown yeah you're right it's, the mark the marketing was crazy good i would say it's testament to the amount of like leaks and other foibles and you know the, the various things leading up to this game's release that it has managed to come in with a uh, almost thermonuclear blast impact uh, <laughs> in terms of mm. sales and that, that's pretty fantastic yeah i, I think it, it's funny because um sort of in the last couple of days before village came out I curiously listened back to our first reactions to it, um, and we and in the news uh, around that time um, was the um, the big leak, you know, the big uh, Capcom cyber terrorism attack, and people were saying, you know, various checkpoint names and, and spoilers were spilling out onto the internet at sort of the end of the year. A lot of people claim that there was final cutscenes up, and even with that being said, uh, a lot. I'm I'm sad for the people that did see spoilers, of course, but I think many of us managed to gladly avoid it, which has really helped. They weren't plastered everywhere, which is nice. Mm. It was like the ear on YouTube link and Reddit stuff, from what I understand. Right. Well, I, word on, I was on a... for maybe cracking down on it then. I, I, I suppose. I hope so for future releases, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I, I was I was on a full um, <laughs> I was on a full like Lockdown. I had a full wall up in front of me like just <laughs> nothing could get through <laughs> all of the, the the tools I put in place so I wouldn't be spoiled for this game. Right, remember, uh, folks, yeah. you can now sort of unmute accounts and take your muted words and tags off of your social media. You said, sa- I mean, as long <laughs> as you've played the game, of course, you're safe now. So do remember to do that. Okay, cool. That is the rather brief news, gladly. We have a lot to talk about, so let's move on to the main subject of this episode, which is Resident Evil Village. Oh no, they're coming. Who is? What the hell was that? Shouting, you'll draw the monsters. Tell me what is going on around here. It doesn't make any sense. Mother Miranda has always protected us. You escaped my little brother's idiot games, did you? 
Let's see how special you are. Is this all that's left? From your entire village? All that's left? There is no one left! We can bust out with this. Lycans and gentlemen, we thank you for waiting. And now let the games begin! There is no safe! Every sorry bastard out there has been ripped in half! Tomorrow we'll all be dead. No, let me go! Chris? What the hell? Why? Ethan Winters. Ethan Winters. Mr. Winters. Ethan Winters. Ethan. Poor Ethan. Ethan Winters. Welcome. Okay, so at the top, it is of course worth saying that this is going to be a spoiler-heavy podcast. We will try and do our best to save some of it till the end. We're going to talk about story and ending and stuff like that last. But if it naturally crops up, then that may happen. Fair warning, you should play the game before you listen to this probably. Uh, But we will save sort of the plot and the lore for later but uh, yeah big spoiler warning as we do with all of these uh reviews of games whether they're old or new we're going to talk about everything and i think it's important to give village the full attention and and do a proper big podcast on everything about it so that's what we're going to do um hype for this game was high for many reasons um for one thing this is the first new canonical entry in the series that's released since the podcast started you know, we've had a few new games, but they've been remakes, so I think we're all very excited for the unknown, the complete unknown that was Village and, and where it could possibly spin off to and, and where it's gone. And one of the other things I remember, and again, this was sort of listening back to our first reaction, was we were all very excited to play a Resident Evil game that was set outdoors. It's it, it's cropped up now again in, now and again in the series, um, but it not as a not to quite the same extreme that village was clearly going to do it and also specifically like the climate we were all like oh you know snow can be really spooky and stuff like that um so i think the best place to start more than anything is the setting uh specifically the village before we go anywhere else um which is obviously the location you start the game in once things really get rolling it's a location that you come back to they kind of marketed it in a couple of places as the village being a character it was it was going to be important it was clearly kind of the hub of everything um adam how did you feel about the village when you reached it for the first time i absolutely loved it i it was immediately apparent the amount of care and work that had gone into the setting um it was intelligently laid out it looked great you know the the combination of the weather and like the architecture just gelled really well in such a nice gothic atmosphere Mm. um i just really really loved it it's it's just a a great little area it's not really like much we've had to play for before um, you know, with four being the obvious comparison, right? Having its own sort of village area, but even this felt 
different to that. This felt more like a an actual village through yes through it having more character than than you know the the Resident Evil Four version. Mm-hmm. It just felt way more lived in and and as a fact way more desolate for not being lived in. Yes, exactly. The the phrase that I was hoping you were going to say it felt lived in. It felt like an actual place. And I'm sure Resident Evil 4, when it came out, we were like, wow, look at this, you know, look at the Pueblo, which is probably not what we call it at the time, but we call it that now. Um, but by comparison, it's it very much night and day. Um, and that's obviously a lot of that is advancement of technology and stuff like that. And, and obviously the difference in play style. Um, but yeah, this feels like a real place. Uh, Steve, what's your reaction to the village? So it's... The first time, you know, when when they're in daylight as you approach the village, and before you even overlook and look down, I I literally stopped and just took in like the sights and the sound of it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a believable place, which is scary considering how much insanity happens in this place. <laughs> and the, you know, it, it feels literally like a. I mean, the only context I have is like you know, middle of England, Europe villages and stuff like that. We 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 used to go there on school trips and things like that. But it, it very much feels like a place where people would have lived, and most places look unique enough on the inside to identify them as to being a person's abode, as opposed to just like you know a generic shack. Which, no offense to RE4, you know we we love a bit of RE4. Uh, they all kind of felt very samey. Whereas here, the houses all feel real, and the, the way that the village is laid out, it's very yeah. much a uh, ominous disquiet to it all, especially when you just stop. When you're not running around or blasting things, you just stop and listen mm. to like the I don't, I don't know how you call it the desolation of the whole situation. Um, and it, it got under my skin in a in that pleasing kind of way. It almost found it, it reminded me a, a bit of like this like abandoned settlements and stuff like in Fallout and other open world games, which are yeah. more a post-apocalyptic thing or Stalker stuff like that. Felt very much like that, where you know this this is a place that was normal at some point and has gone horribly horribly wrong. Mm, you get that feeling of there's a, this place is telling a story if you look at it. You know, something's happened here and the location, it's, it's spelling that out for you. You're 100% right. And I mean, um, people who follow me on Twitter probably realize that I, I'm one for screenshotting games. Specifically, I just do it with Horizon Zero Dawn all the time, let's face it. Um, I didn't do it too much with Village. Um, one of the reasons being that I didn't obviously want to drop spoilers all over the timeline potentially for stuff people that didn't want to see on release day and stuff um, but I did stop exactly where you said right at that cliff edge and just snap one there and put it up and put, just to say you know I think we all we stop there like, it, that might be and I know this is <laughs> this is a series about horrible monsters chopping your head off and stuff but that probably is the most beautiful moment in Resident Evil to this point like that, standing on a cliff face. We've never had anything no, like that before. I don't before. know about that. Really? We've had Steve Burnside getting killed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> different, you know, different strokes for different folks, I suppose. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say power to the RE engine because I feel like, although that shot is truly like a magnificent vista, mm. there are many places, especially, I mean, mostly across, you know, you can find those odd perfect spots in any of the RE engine games, but there are a lot in this where you can just stop, take a breath, and just admire. The level design yeah. and scenery, the mm-hmm. the Maybe doll's house with the waterfall behind it. Yeah, that's exactly. a great one. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, James, what did you think about the village when you first entered it? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned like the beauty of it 
because this is a game that is completely neutral color in palette, <laughs> mm. right? Which, you know, for, you wouldn't typically think that's a, you know, a point for beauty, right? But when you see that, I did the same thing on pieces a bit more, it's a bit weird to do screenshots. So I just literally just did a screenshot through Steam. Right, but, sure. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's so pretty. Um, and it's, and all, all you see is like, you know, dark grays and whites and maybe the occasional flower, but it's still so pretty, so beautiful. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, to, to follow off what Adam said earlier, earlier on as well, like the architecture of this game, of the buildings and the culture you're immediately thrown into is very clear. As soon as you, you go down there, there is so much detail in this village. Like, um, Muzu said earlier on about the bins, they had modern bins. I got here in my notes, like, they have green bins, you know, <laughs> and like we do, you know. Yeah, recycling was, day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> recycling, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, modern problems require modern solutions, <laughs> right? Guess, you know, like, they have but trash just like anyone. I feel. I feel kind of bad for them though, because it's like this place is not level. So man, taking those, you know, if those are full bins, taking them out, that'd be a trek. But on the ice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like the furniture, even the outfits, is, you know, it's all so unique. Um, but also the village is sprawling, mm. and it's really oppressive to the player and Ethan. It's precisely what Capcom were going for here and I really applaud them for that. I felt so confused when <laughs> I first like the first words out of my mouth after seeing that wide vista of the region was wow and then followed by what the beep happened here which was echoed almost <laughs> immediately after by Ethan. <laughs> I was I was fully immersed Clearly. Like, in the storytelling with what they did like the the images that they showed you um that so much storytelling was done without dialogue mm. um i wanted to check every corner because of that as well uh, mm. to see what i could see um but yeah also you know uh we've spoken about like the, it felt lived in and for a very long time right and this is a this is an eastern european village you know europe european villages town cities have been around for hundreds thousands of years um, and it felt like that, uh, you know, you, and you could see all the generations living here, mm. even, like through the art pieces on the walls, the furniture or the buildings themselves, like the church, like that you see just next to the graveyard. Um, yeah. And it's also another thing I want to talk about is kind of the, like your first introduction to the village, like it seems unassuming, even, even with the, like the, the ambush. Like, it seems unassuming. But it is a threat throughout the game. Because every time you come back, mm -hmm. like, there's always a new threat for you to, to, to fight against or to deal with. Um, and it does feel living. It feels like it is a character of the game, like Capcom said during those first few teasers. Right. And, like, I adore that. Because I thought that was just them buzzwording, right? Right, but it wasn't. Like it does feel leave, it does feel lived in, and as we'll go into later on, it clearly is living, and mm. there is something else underneath it. I think it's important actually because you've sort of moved us in the perfect direction to point out that it it feels real 
and yet it's wonderfully designed from a gameplay point of view because it's especially when you first sort of touch down and and wander around it's a little bit disorientating as those villages you know that are hundreds of years old probably are because they just sort of grow in strange ways of what's necessary it's not a grid or anything you know like a traditional modern city it is this sort of like winding pathways with buildings in all kinds of different directions of different shapes and sizes and stuff like that and it works so well for uh for the gameplay of it because it's easy to sort of get stuck somewhere or surrounded somewhere or turn a corner and get jumped out at uh you know that kind of thing there's this particular moment that leap to mind um after you move the sort of shelving unit it's in a barn out of the way and there's a hole and there's there's a lichen just right around the corner and he got me on both the first and second playthroughs uh, oh is that, just, is that the guy to the right right yeah just yeah, yeah, yeah just in front of the outhouse yeah. yeah yeah that that guy it's a pure example of it's yeah somehow they like brought in the traditional tight corridors of Resident Evil into the sort of outside world and made it make sense. It makes it totally works. Whereas yeah. as we were saying with Resident Evil 4 and its village, it's a wide open space which suits the gameplay there, obviously uh, being very different. And again, they've had to go back to the drawing board and thought about it, you know, from this much more classic style sort of horror directed Resident Evil and obviously the perspective that you're looking at everything in. Um, yeah. And as you and said... Like- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's also, like, I wanted to give it a metaphor as well, just to kind of give folks kind of an idea of where, like, I think you have an idea, but kind of a short metaphor is, like, it's it's like going to your granny's house, right? That is, like, <laughs> over 100 years old, right. like, and she's, like, over, you know, 70 to 80 years old, but she knows precisely where everything is, but you walk into that house and it's complete chaos, mm. right? But she knows where everything is. Right, and it's like kind of after you've played it for the numerous amounts of times I have, right? You start to learn those little nuances, and mm. everything does work, and it becomes even more intriguing because it's like, wait, I just, when I first started this game, I was completely confused about where to go, what to do, but now, like, it's just all seamless. It's fantastic. yeah, just like any good game experience, like Super Metroid or anything like that. It's it it's daunting. And then you kind of get okay with it, and then you kind of master it. And mm-hmm. those are like, yeah. that's always what shows a great game design for me. It's like once you become so used to it, it it loses out in its fear factor, obviously, but it gains in enjoyment to traverse and mm-hmm. to for having combat there. Yes, for sure. And it's funny that you said Metroid is a particular example. I've seen a lot of people compare as james was saying sort of like the the living the evolution of the village over the course of the game i've seen people compare that to sort of metroidvania which you know i guess i I absolutely understand that comparison but for me that's always been part of resident evil you know picking up a new key and going okay cool now i can go here as well now this area unlocks. yeah Yeah. and the village is like that between every major uh, other part of the game you return to the village and there's somewhere new you can go whether that's the first time just sort of like some gates have been pushed open in the meantime and you can go and meet that lichen that I just mentioned in particular. Um, <laughs> or yeah, you know, you can go around using various keys that you've picked up and, and, and sort of unlock more of the village as you go. Steve, how did you feel about sort of like that part, of, that aspect of the game? 
it's very enjoyable and there's something very satisfying about, you know, obviously seeing an area that you can't quite get into yet, coming back and then going, aha, mm. and then, and you know, building pathways and locking, you know, more routes to get in and around the village. Uh, they, they like to throw items at you just as you're about to, shall we say, quote unquote, finish the section, just so you can then crack open a few more bits before uh, moving into the, the next story bit of progression. For example, throwing a well wheel at you. Mm. Um it's it very much feels like it's not it's not one to one, but it's very similar to like you know Alucard getting a double jump or Samus getting a missile launcher or something to break open a door. Um, yeah. From that perspective, you know, optional stuff that is helpful to the player. Although I must admit, the amount of time I would spend just like you know uh, milling around, eyeing around ceilings, checking corners, just trying to find all the loot. This game is incredibly cruel to a person who favors clearing out maps and finding out loot. I think um, I literally said to you, didn't I, that my partner and I were saying about Steve's having a whale of this, you know, with the, <laughs> with the map that says still searching on all the buildings, because I know what you're like, so... Oh, uh, yeah, no. He'd be a magpie. It, it, this is, I don't think I'm going to talk about this much, but there are some points of no return in this game that you don't see coming that kind of really mess with a completionist's mindset. Let's put it that way. Right. That's, yeah. that's one of the things I have to bring up in my gripes for the game. I have a few, so... Uh, specifically the village and the castle, uh, location-wise, anyway. Mm, okay, that's fair. I mean, I, that's totally fair. I, uh, I struggled with with a similar thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm sure that'll probably come up as well a little bit later. Um, okay, cool. Uh, any more thoughts on the village before we move on to the other settings of the game? Does it feel like there's not enough houses? I, I, I know this sounds strange, but does it feel like there's not enough houses just for the sheer amount of things you encounter and uh... uh, people? Well, like, we we hear that's like part of the course, but we we hear like this village is uh, has housed hundreds of people, and I I I feel like I feel like there's enough houses here to house hundreds of people. It does feel that way. I feel there's more houses as well that you just can't get to. Like I feel like yeah, this... I always feel like it's a section of the of the entire area as it was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you mean. There's there's way more like lichens and stuff than there are houses to house them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> but, even right at the start when you get yanked then, into some floorboards. But then they now. had industry there. I mean, look at the size of the sawmill. So you need workers. Um, mm. You know, there's there's plenty of industry. You know, I'm sure there's there's got to be shops and stuff. Like it still needs all of that kind of thing. So. Yeah, a bit past the broken tractor at the start that blocks off the main road, there is in fact a spa shop. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> There's always a spa somewhere. <laughs> right, so let's talk about some of the other various settings of the game. Um, the castle, the house, the reservoir, the stronghold, the factory, etc. Um, so I guess... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really sure where to start with this one. I mean, I guess the castle is the first place you go to. Uh, and as we said in the news and stuff, it, it was a big part of the marketing almost. And it makes me wonder if uh, people were upset with how, not how little time, but perhaps it would have been nicer to spend more time in there. And I think that's, I, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to spend more time in the castle. Definitely, it's a great location. And it obviously feels very throwbacky in a nice way to classic, more classic Resident Evil, RE1 and stuff like that. But you know what? I'll, I'll absolutely sacrifice it for the amount of variety uh, that this game brings with the locations that I just mentioned. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pacing thing, I guess, but I just really loved 
completing a section, coming back to the village, and then not knowing what was going to be next. It wasn't just, hey, it's it's another part of this, or a second one of these. It was something totally different every time. Um, James, what do you think of the variety of settings? What stood out to you the most? Um, do you want me to go into every area? Or do you want me to I talk mean, you, about you, one? Sure, you can pop in and out. That's Okay, um... So yeah, I'll, I'll go in order of like when you visit these locations because yeah, I mean one of my biggest gripes about the game is very similar to you guys is like once you kind of clear an area, you cannot go back there, mm. um, especially if you skip it. Like I just I just realized recently that um, if you go to Moreau's, for instance, before trying to get the slab uh, for the Beneviento house. Uh, that law that that door stays locked. You cannot go back to that and get that and complete that, even when you come back to the village. Um, but I'll get into a more of a story like element of why that is important later on. But yeah, so the castle um, stark contrast to the village for starters. Um, it's clean um, and uh, during but during my playthrough, like uh, the detail in this place is immense, and mm-hmm. it's so wild and like. Oh, everything. I remember, I, like, my first... I just put out playthroughs for this game, and I think the first seven episodes are just me exploring the castle and enjoying everything. Like, and looking at everything in this castle. Um, other than dungeons, of course, you know, full of, uh, quote, not wine, you know. Um, and, yeah, it, but like the village as well, it's deliberately set to confuse you. So, like, that's typical Resident Evil fare by now, to be fair. <laughs> um, but... Yeah. But I was surprised by like how fast we got into the castle. But at the same time, it made sense. There's a lot to fit into this game. It's chocked full of lore. So they needed to... I mean, even speedrunning, it takes me 30 minutes to get to the end of the castle. Mm-hmm. right? And that's a big chunk you know, of the game still. You know, I think I spent a couple hours in there on my first run. On my first run. Um, but like the village, it feels lived in. Um, and which you're going to hear from me a lot, I think, from everybody else as well. Uh, but these locations all feel so full of stuff and like things you can look at. Um, I felt like the inhabitants, Lady Domitress, the daughters, they all had their place. They were a constant threat as well in such a large building. But at the same time, if you read the notes, there's locations within the castle where they just cannot touch you, like due to their malady, right? So it's and what they deal with so it's yeah it's uh um, mm. it's kind of interesting you know be, i i get people's criticism of like kind of the castle and lady d which we'll go over later on and like the daughters and stuff uh but my first playthrough i was terrified <laughs> <laughs> excellent i mean as you should be yeah i was terrified of them but yeah that, i mean that's all i got to say on the castle i got more to say on everything else but yeah if I, you can pass it on to other folks because right. can... let's do it that way Let, let's go by location by location so uh steve what are your thoughts on the castle contrast to many people i actually genuinely enjoyed it i it felt like a pocket mansion you know which is mm. exactly pretty much how it comes across i mean even the lead up to it you know after you've gone through heisenberg's you know i'm i'm going to do lucas baker one but one better death trap <laughs> sequence um you know the uh, the vineyard outside it was on this most recent playthrough was the first time i realized the scarecrows in the vineyard as you enter the house proper are people you know they're, they're yeah. just yeah. poor buggers put up on sticks it's like there's lots of grim like scenery and architecture throughout the building and it's it's fantastic in that regard uh, we've already seen like the torture basement in maiden but being able to go around there and try, kind of grasp as to what's going on 
you know, the um, the hooded robes, like the the, the the occupants of old Yarnum, as I called in previous podcasts, are, um, you know, they're just uh, basically uh, lady victims who had their blood drained and they now wander the halls. Uh, one of them, you even find out much about the notes and then get a treasure from, mm. which I thought was a nice little bit of story. I think it's Ingrid, Ingrid right? Yeah. Uh, and they've got the same necklace as the uh, the villagers were. So obviously th- this is the fate of villagers who go up to the castle, you know, a place of blood and death. But yes. um, the actual location itself, the way you go around it, I would argue is a little weak. It's mostly linear, the path you have to take. You'll, you'll have like a little spoke here or there where you can like poke around and maybe find a bit of loot. But up until getting the iron key... Uh, you know, or is it the Dimitrescu key? Or sorry, Dimitrescu. It's pretty much a linear path. You, you, most speedrunners will do the castle in one way, although there's like a point where you can diverge, which is a shame. It's not like the original mansion where you could uh, spiral around it and take all sorts mm. of different routes. That being said, architecturally, it looks like a very posh person's home. <laughs> and just walking around those kind of places again takes me back to school, which is, is a strange thing that I'm, I brought me going on school trips twice. There's lots of fancy houses <laughs> in England that look exactly like this. Okay. Maybe mm. less of the, the, the vampire stuff. Maybe it is, it is England. Maybe, you know, but it feels very much like a real place. Mm. That, that's the eerie part for me. Uh, the courtyard I spent way too much time in there trying to find loot. That may be why it sticks in my head a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> And the, the rafters, the rooftops, the fact that you go from top to bottom in this place, and it's not even halfway through the game by the time you're out of it, is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, it's it is a shame, perhaps, that there aren't more routes to to, to sort of solve your objectives. Uh, yeah, as I said, there's one sort of splitting point where you can do A or B in, in whichever order you like. I do like that the sort of some of the areas come back on themselves. So if you're in the courtyard and you take a left and you come back up to the second floor of the castle, that's quite nice. Um, and you just sort of touched on it at the end there. The rooftop was another one of those moments that really stood out to me on the first playthrough for a few reasons. Like for for one of all, the enemy took me by complete surprise. Um, but also, yeah, it's just so different. I guess it's also because specifically, like we were saying, the castle feels like very classic Resident Evil, you know, the Spencer Mansion, very easy comparison to make. We never got to go on any rooftops before. So it really stands out uh, as being something really cool and different that we've never done. Um, Adam, what do you think of Castle Dimitrescu? Yeah, for me, again, I'll I'll echo what you said in terms of Spencer Mansion. You know, it felt very much like there are parts of this game that feel like homages to me to the series um and this definitely felt like a mini mansion mm. uh i really like the flow of it though it <clears throat> it's not super quick the first time you play it you know it we all i think all of us on our first plays were around nine or ten hours yeah maybe even um, more. and yeah maybe even more right i think mine was just under 10 hours mm-hmm. so i i spent a decent enough time in every location um, so I don't really understand the criticism. I understand that once you learn it, you can get through the game really fast. But I think that's good. I think it's good. Like Resident Evil 3, um, for as much as I the remake, I do love it. But it was fast even on my first playthrough. Mm. My first playthrough of that game was like five hours or something. And I was mm. like, oh, okay. Whereas this, you know, like for for a a, a linear single player story i think 10 hours is great um and 
just being able to do it super quick is also great. So best of both worlds. Yeah. But yeah, we spent plenty of time here and I love this location. I think it's beautiful. It has a lot of interesting rooms. There's a lot of, uh, just like the village, there's so much to read into. Like James, who was like, oh, wow, it's clean now. It's funny because when you said that, I didn't even consider it because it always felt dirty to me. Mm. Uh, like yeah. you know, a place where like, but but James is right. In like the main hall and stuff, it's me- meticulously clean. Mm. It just doesn't feel that way. Um, which is great, you know, it always it is kind of gross. The the people that live there are for all of like the whole like we all love Lady Dimitrescu and, and the daughters, they are like really just horrible gross, weird creatures. Yeah. There's, there's also you mentioned that, there's also kind of with the, the messiness, I think they know that, like it's like everything looks tidy but as soon as you go into that main hall there's that cup that is just hasn't been cleaned. It's like right, and like, it, I think it's like a, a reflection on the yeah. ladies themselves because, like, at first glance, mm. for all I intensive like purposes, they're they're like pretty ladies at first glance. But then you look closer, and oh, these three are just made of flies, and <laughs> you know, this one is like got some weird green. Like, if you actually look. She's like going green in places and stuff, mm-hmm. and it, it looks more rotting than than at first. Oh, it's just a big woman. Oh no, it's kind of a weird, big, like rotting woman. Mm-hmm. And all the sort so, of like, just like the cup, sort of like the places of disarray are always areas that are tucked out of the way. Like the kitchen's kind of a huge mess. Uh, right, which is they don't go there, I assume. Right, exactly. Servants, it's literally you know, it's... right. They have the servants, and it's literally just like buckets with blood and stuff, you know, and some fruit, and that's about it. And they're not really it's that not... bothered. That's a testament, really. I mean, uh, KDB brought us up in the chat the amount of effort that are put into some of these rooms, and you're only in them for like yes. maybe a handful of minutes, even on your first playthrough. Oh yeah. Uh, you know the, the level of detail in most of these places. If you look around hard enough, you could probably piece together exactly what happened in this room, or what the tale is, or whose mm. room this is in the in the building. Uh, yeah, which it is, has yeah. thoughtful structure, and it has, you know, it has a, a bathroom for Lady D with a giant bath because that's what she would need. And you know, <laughs> just next door is her her big pool of blood. You know, the normal <laughs> stuff a house has. And uh... <laughs> mod cons, mod problems, mod solutions, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, in our bedroom, clean my blood jacuzzi. <laughs> uh, we we talked about this in the Discord server this week. But in her bedroom, she's got that um, mannequin with another version of the same dress on it. Because you know why not? Um, right. And that got me as a jump scare on my on my second playthrough. So well done to Capcom on that one. Uh, same thing, Sai. Same thing. Yeah. I did the same. I caught it out of the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, so speaking of hiding darkness, let's move on to the second location. Probably the, uh, the location, uh, without doubt, that's the most talked about on social media. Um, AKA, the most deeply unsettling moment in video games. Yes or yes. Um, it's <laughs> it's one of these... Play- so by coincidence, in the sort of three or whatever playthroughs I've done, maybe a few more now, but the first three... My partner had been there for this section every time, and she just watches me play it just to watch my expression sort of like crinkle and change every like at certain points. I'm of course talking about House Beneviento, the dollhouse with 
Well, that thing. Um, <laughs> Steve, what did you think of the house? I just uh, just to run up to the house is like through a, a nice quiet vineyard and a graveyard filled with dolls. Mm. You know, it, just just to, and this is this is an, this is a location the Capcom was so confident about. The, one of the earliest bits of concept art and the information about it is they pretty much nailed this house from the get go. Yeah, yeah, so true. Me. That terrifies me because this place is the stuff of nightmares. Right, I don't care what anyone says. Like, oh, it's just a house filled with dolls and there's a little silly PTV in the basement. It it scarred me. Like the the you know, we're not going into gameplay too much yet, but I will let you know that the first time I played this bit, it must have been about half past four in the morning when oh, Steve gosh. finished it. And I I have never in my life wanted to put the pad down and just go outside into the fresh air and just like breathe. <laughs> like this this place oozes an an atmosphere that I, I cannot believe Capcom were like. I didn't know he had it in you, Capcom. Mm. Right, I, because. Like, no, no, don't try to be funny. Silent Hill's meant to be the scary one. Resident Evil's meant to be the fun action-y one mm. with a bit of sci-fi. You, you, you're like a weapon to surpass PT. Like, oh, my goodness. This is like the best indie horror experience, but made by a triple A kind of thing. It's got that exact feel to it, that kind of texture, the atmosphere, the yeah. location itself crawls under you. And even now, on Steve's X number of playthroughs, he gets through this house as quickly as he possibly can because it's that level of unnerving. Yeah, oh, um, I, I agree completely. Um, it's like the environment is strangely somewhere between, uh, you know, it's it's very clean yet there's stuff everywhere strewn over the place in the you know in the initial version, and as it slowly becomes more and more twisted as things go on, and especially in the like the final moments in the basement, my God. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass the mic on because I feel like I, I'm gonna, I, Benaviento will live with me now for decades. Would you know what? There. I think it's gonna have a big impact on the series because I, you know, chips down. I, I agree. This is my play. This is the part of the game that I like to play, replay the least because uh, it's still way though, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, because it's so good. It's so good at it, what it does. So I hate it. It's awful. It's brilliant and awful. And you're not alone. There were so many people that had the same effect where there was like, right, I'm going to put the controller down and go hug my children now. Um, luckily, on my copy turned up much later than expected. It kind of works out in my favour. I did this sort of bright and fresh in the Saturday morning after the game came out and it still had that impact on me. So on the second playthrough when it was like 9pm... I had even, yeah, I had a different experience with it altogether or the same experience, just amped up. It's, it is incredibly uh, effective in everything it sets out to do. Not just design-wise, sort of visually, but the way it takes everything from you. As you say, kind of like an indie game does. It just It's it's kind of like a puzzle box, almost. Um, yeah, this is... Sorry, Lisa Trevor. I think you've been usurped as the scariest <laughs> thing in, in Resident Evil. Uh, James, your thoughts on House Beneviento? Also, to build up from that, the saddest. But we'll talk about that mm. later on. Um, man, I, I was going to put Beneviento Moreau's into one kind of diet, like. But yeah, this. I think this. Oh man, I, I want to talk again about kind of the location leading up to this place, because I remember I did the same thing Steve did. I though I admittedly did wake up at like four a.m. because I did like a twenty-one hour stream. Ridiculous, um, but like. I played this at 4 a.m. It was dark. Um, <laughs> and when I was walking up that path, 
I was like, oh, this is nice. This is nice <laughs> and quaint. You know, I was like, oh, there's just a few graveyards. Oh, eh, hanging dolls. Few you know, I, I I did like I was like, this is nice. And then I got to the wow, this is a really nice house. You know, unassuming, no pointers into what you're getting into. Mm. Um, really, like even with the hanging dolls, it's like, okay, you're just gonna spook me. <laughs> All right, you can't get me. Um, but it was I was curious. I was curious, I went, what's happening here? You know, um But yeah, nothing really points I like in the location, nothing really points towards the horrors that are inside that house. Pure horror. Like, I did manage to... Um, I want to talk about the length a little bit as well. I did manage to one-shot this house. Um, I didn't die at all. Yeah. Right? But I was... Because I was, like, hyper-aware. Mm-hmm. And so scared. Like, I was so terrified. I think several times during my playthrough, which will be going up, like, next week, I think, um, I'm like... I'm like going, no, no, this ain't, this ain't, this this can't be true. What what the hell is happening? This must be some kind of dream. I must be hallucinating. And I mean, we'll again, talk about that more later, I feel. But yeah, I, oh man, this place sent, it gave me the willies completely. And to talk about the time, this place is perfectly timed. This place, because if it was any longer, right, it would have been too much. Yeah, I agree. I right, think. and if it was any shorter, it wouldn't have been scary. Mm. Right, it's perfect in its length. I feel. Um, do you think? Um, do you think it's got a good soundproofing? What with the waterfall outside and the screams downstairs <laughs> in the basement? From the players? <laughs> I mean, this house is like that house is beautiful. Like when you walk in there, the house is so pretty. Like I feel like Boomer James would definitely like live his life there. <laughs> you know, it's Boomer like James. that's my. That's my aesthetic, right? Just like there's a waterfall outside, I can go behind to find some treasure. I'm on, I'm in a mountain peak, you know. I'm in a mm. nice house. Oh man, it's 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 just scary, don't open but... that trap door. <laughs> just don't go down. Yeah. It's, oh man, it's it's such a great part. It's my favorite part of the game, like because it's it's in terms of the location because I had no idea what was going to like happened like i remember seeing the dolls and then you walk in and you see a couple of dolls i'm like okay i live with dolls in my room like like that precisely like that i have porcelain dolls in my room right they're in my corner right now looking at me right and i was like okay this is just somebody who just collects dolls i'm not gonna like kind of but also why are they here wait what you know Mm. and yeah then getting deeper into the story and then and then it just like just out of nowhere freaking getting attacked by Angie and then I was like no no I don't like this and then the freaking nursery rhyme uh, no don't like you need to get out of here as soon as possible need to leave for my uh, my fellow podcasters the the ending sequence of House Benaviento is that what we were all pretty much expecting from the get go but then the bit in between is the bit that tears us all open is that that a rough expectation right yeah you know you you go in and you you see the doll painting and you go and you're like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going to face. Oh, you could have given me a million tries. So I never would have guessed what was going to be down, down yeah, the basement. I, you know. Oh, it's like an escape room. This is going to be fun. Yes. Yeah. It, it made me think of that exact thing from RE7. You know, the puzzle bit with the 
the robot and all of that. And I was like, oh, cool, it's Village's version of that. And then suddenly all the lights go off and there's this like umbilical trail. And again, because the use of darkness and it just comes out the dark at you. And I guarantee every single person who played this had exactly the same reaction, which was to literally 180 degree turn immediately and scream, what the hell is that? Uh, Adam, what was your reaction to House Beneviento? Uh, it was horrible. <laughs> I hated it. And why is Ethan so messed up? Like, that's all Ethan. So, like, what's going on in Ethan's head? This is true, actually, yeah. None of the stuff that you fight is actually there. So, with exception to the Angie. So, it's just like the baby's all from Ethan's head. So, like, why are you doing that to yourself, Ethan? Like, I, you know, I've got a theory there for you then, if you like. Um, he's obviously keenly aware that this child is, and we talked about this like way before the game came out, this child is important because it's going to be different. It's the, the, the child of two people that have been infected by the mold. So maybe this is his fears of, you know, what, what would right, happen. That's, that's a good, you know. good call. Maybe his fear is that his child is actually a monster, which is why right. he's like conjuring that. Um, I originally I mean, thought thought that um mia had had an abortion or a miscarriage like that's dark i'm sorry i've just jumped out um just from the radio originally when she was like saying no i don't want to tell ethan and she said it will ruin our family and i figured when she said that that she included rose in that because normally if it's just two people you don't generally refer to yourself as a family or at least in my head you, you know like sure that, that's a thing. So I fit, I was like, oh, is this like a, another child? Or And then I was very quickly clicked. The, like, oh, no, this is just Donna giving you drugs. Mm-hmm. So you're just super high on her special flowers. Um, <laughs> what what was the deal with Donna? Was she, in, like, was she using her mind abilities to make herself invisible? Like, to you? Was yeah, she that's, actually that's able my feel. to be invisible. Right. Yeah, I feel I feel like, like she was she was messing with Ethan's perception she's, of what she's carrying Angie around the whole time. Yeah. Angie's not flying, you know. So like, yeah, that's what that's what I kind of came to as well, which was cool, which was super cool, you know. Um I like I love the area, I love the house. The basement is just pure nightmare fuel and beautiful and not something I ever expected from the game. Mm. Um, as Steve was saying earlier, you know, we don't expect our Resident Evils to be particularly well-versed in the the actual horror aspect of, of something. So, from a psychological a perspective, yeah, at least. Right. Like it's terror and tension, the... not nightmare fuel. Right, exactly. And outside of that, it's such a bold thing for i mean if if we look canonically through all of the resident evils and all of the outlandish everyone turns to some sort of outlandish creature and this game is no different you know all of the bosses turn into something somewhat ridiculous and this is not a ridiculous enemy Mm. like they've they it would have been very easy for them to go down the same route they've gone down throughout every Resident Evil game and have like somewhat of a cartoonish parody yeah. is, is yeah. maybe not the right words, but you know what I'm saying? Like over the top, whereas mm-hmm. this wasn't over the top. This is the first time they've, in my opinion, they've actually done like 
body horror and done it really well. Hmm. And now, reading the file Gardener's Diary from Resident Evil Village, Ms. Eileen Valentine. You can follow on Twitter at Ms. Valentine to you. November 10th. Mistress Donna, is thou Mother Miranda's adopted daughter? In all my years, I've never been this overjoyed. Ever since childhood, she has always feared others, due to the scar across her face. After her parents' death, she locked herself away and would only talk to Angie, the doll her father made her. I am forever thankful to Mother Miranda's infinite compassion. November 27th. Mistress Donna seems happy. It might be my imagination, but I feel like her doll Angie is even more lively than before. She came to me in the garden today and used Angie to talk with me. We had a mighty fine conversation. Something about receiving a gift of power from Mother? November 29th. Mr. Stana gave me yellow flowers and told me to plant them in the garden. I planted them in front of Miss Claudia's grave. I don't know if it was the scent of the flowers, but I felt lightheaded. Then, like a dream, I saw my departed wife. I mentioned this to Donna, and she seemed thrilled by it. She told me to go to the house tomorrow and see her. She said I could see my family once more. I'm not sure what she meant by that, but she's so kind. Well... Let's move on to the third location then, which I think we're probably all going to come to a similar conclusion here, and that is simply that it's very difficult to follow something like that. Um, But nonetheless, I did enjoy uh, Moreau's Reservoir for what it is. Um, And by this point, I was really appreciating sort of the fact that each location definitely had something different to it. We had our all-out assault in the village at the very beginning, and, and the castle had some combat focus, and it also had the stalker enemies that you'd come to expect from the last few video games uh, in the series. Um, that was sort of the, the domain of the stalkers. Um, and then we had a, a sort of puzzle room, as we just said. And this one is a, a similar. It's another kind of more like a puzzle It's... Puzzle's a strong term, but it, it, it's more about movement, and then it's got a cool boss fight at the end. It's one of those ones that, you know, on the first playthrough, I was like, well, it's, it's a little bit weak. And I still think it probably is the weakest of the bunch, but on subsequent playthroughs, uh, it, it, it's definitely upped a little bit for me. Um, now I can see them all sort of uh, in, the, in their own light now that I've finished the game. Um, Adam, what's your thought on the on the Reservoir? I like the Reservoir a lot, actually. It's... And I can understand what you're saying. It is, it's pretty linear and it's pretty sparse mm. in terms of interaction, but it looks beautiful. Um, it's it's a very interesting location. Uh, I was a bit confused at first with like the giant fish um, because I figured, can can Moreau like fish and unfish at will? I don't think he can. I think that's it because, for him. Right. Yeah, well, because he's a fish before he... You see the big fish before he turns to the big fish. I think yeah. he can toggle it, but he toggled it so much in such a short space of time that he kind of broke the lever. Maybe, yeah. Because mm. like, you see it and then you see him. But then when you see him turn into it, actually, he's like, I can't hold it back anymore. Yeah, I think he's lost control so, by that point. 
and he tells you he's the best, which was my favourite <laughs> line delivery of the game. It's right up there. <laughs> it's excellent. Um, but yeah, it was a fun... It was actually like... I think you needed that area after the dollhouse. Yeah, yeah, actually. It was, it was like, okay, you've just gone through something traumatic. Go for a walk. Like, in-game. <laughs> it's like, go for a scenic walk walk up these nice little bluffs and then and then around this like couple of windmills and then you can have like a a pretty cool little boss fight at the end of it yeah no that's fair i agree with that and one other thing i really liked about this area when i wandered in <laughs> i was like oh good a mine that's what i want i love mines <laughs> i'm so i'm so open to more mine levels in video games i haven't seen that plenty of times before and in the series but it's so short i was so happy i'll get out of it and be like cool get on a boat let's go do something else i actually kind of like the mine part in this because it's literally the smallest tiniest area so i appreciate they didn't yeah it's like three rooms or something yeah exactly i was like okay we've done that plenty so i like that this is something totally new for the series um steve what's your thoughts on the reservoir i actually feel like this has a lot of untapped potential and for what it is it's a fantastic little linear gauntlet um, I think we're all like maybe oh somehow Moreau is somewhat of a sleeper hit despite coming across as a bit of a tool. Mm. Uh, the 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 almost over the top action heroic nonsense that happens between one man a giant fish and some windmills is actually kind of <laughs> cathartic. I, 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 and it's again got the same kind of it feels very much more of an extension of the village than a fancy house in the distance or a castle. This just feels like you know part of the village just a little bit away. Ah, they, um, that might be your answer. This is where Spar was. Of, there's a ton yeah. of houses <laughs> that are underwater. Yeah. Um, so about something that. happened there. <laughs> Why would you build houses in a reservoir? It's it's strangely that I, I feel like that there's not enough time spent here. Mm. Uh, the, the 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 bit at the end in uh, the arena, particularly the the, the the houses covered in barnacles, gave me uh, spoilers for Bloodborne uh, in the DLC. For Bloodborne, there is a area called the Fishing Village, which is an ominous, like, creepy place, very much of a similar aesthetic. Kind of wish we got more to know about Moreau and go a bit deeper into that, like, washed-out, barnacle-covered, like, wasteland there. It all very much feels very otherwise on par with the village for me. The location, very lived in, very interestingly designed, dilapidated and falling apart, and some of the most cheesy one-liners in a video game. This year, at least, like you know, I caught myself mm. a big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just internally thinking, Ethan, we're going to die right now. <laughs> yeah, we've just been told that someone's the best, and they're trying to eat us. It's also this is the first place Steve died on his first playthrough. By yeah, the way, because he didn't realise. Yeah. yeah, I had the same uh, thing. You step out onto sort of the uh, you know bits and pieces and got swallowed. Did you? Yeah, yeah. A, a hor horrible death scene. Horrible mm. death scene. I have a fear I of being swallowed. I try to die in every area um, on purpose, just because I want to see what the death is like. If you haven't died to the baby yet, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a uh, an Alcina one where she chops your head off and then you see your body fall down. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, speaking of the baby, by the way, not to not to backtrack too much, but um, my first playthrough in the in the Beneviento house. I, uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back here for I only saw that thing in full view once, and that's at the elevator door. Anyway, back, back to, uh, that's, <laughs> that's how enough. much of a scaredy cat I was. You know, uh, uh, the I noises also got the... it made. We didn't even. Yeah, that was enough. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll get there definitely. Yep, same. Yeah. But the, uh, the 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 
the the not fishing village from not bloodborne is a fantastic location with a feel like untapped potential uh, as it is it's a nice relaxing area in comparison to what comes before and i would argue i know a lot of people are going to be going on about heisenberg later but there's an area in between heisenberg and the reservoir that i kind of feel is the weaker of the of them right you know, the, the stronghold uh mm. you know in comparison to that i would say that this place actually has its own unique aesthetic its design is pretty cool and it even has a modest amount of a uh, puzzle and you have to use your brain a bit more than most areas in the game i would argue mm. yeah well said i think uh james thoughts on the reservoir uh yeah so when i did the reservoir when i did moreau's area um i started to realize something and it's like each area. I mean, this is pretty obvious, but I think it needs to be spoken about. Like that, each area is personification of the lord or the boss of the area. Um, you know, so like there's the noble ladies of the castle. There's the unassuming um, Beneviento house, and then there's the personification of chaos in its appearance of the reservoir, uh, like the mind of Moreau. Mm. It's swampy and dilapidated, but even with that chaos, Moreau's, and we've mentioned this as well, Moreau's land is the most linear of them all to go through, and that's because he is, it's a reflection of his mind. Mm. Um, you know, and that's kind of, you know, I, I really like the reservoir, like it was very, you know, it was very like point A to B to C, like, but it made sense because as you get to know Moreau, um, like he's not a complicated fella at all, you know. He he, like he's a, a jealous, a jealous mm. character, um, but he's also doesn't have the mental capacity to kind of, you know, have all these traps and puzzles and things because he just wants to uh, impress his mother. You know, um, in Miranda. Fair play to the guy, James. The first time we interact with him properly, the first thing we see him do is vomit on his him vomit on his own food. So he's not having a whale of a time, is he? <laughs> no, exactly. Like he's he's having an awful time, and I, I really felt for Moreau. Like you you don't. I mean, to be honest, I've been feeling for almost every single character in this game, but like I really felt for for Moreau, um, especially when like. I, we laugh at it, right? And I did laugh at it when I heard it the, the first time. But whoever voiced... I'm not sure whoever voiced Moreau, but whoever we'll voiced that. Moreau, um, they got... Like, when he says, I'm the best, like, you can feel that he's... He, he doesn't believe that. Mm. You know? And that's really sad. And, like, he's just doing his best, basically. <laughs> he's doing the best he can. Um, yeah, and this was also the first time... Uh, where I died as well. I died to him in the boss arena, mm. um, and it was to his uh, it was to his rain of of acid. Like when he goes up on the roof and he starts raining the sky with acid. I was like, wait, what? I'm dying. He's been saving that one, James. He's been saving. <laughs> the thing is, I didn't see him. I didn't see what he was doing, and then mm. I just start dying. I was like, what? What's going on? Um, yeah, it was kind of a cool place to die because I realized I heard him say, "I've been saving this one." You know, and I was like, oh, what, what has he been saving? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I love this area. I don't need to say much more because I think everybody else has said. But I, I just wanted to say how every area, and I'll talk about more of Heisenberg's factory as well, but how everywhere, mm. every area is personification of the character that is in charge of it. 
Mm. Um, I think that a great standout moment that kind of backs that up as well is that sort of um, the first two MacGuffins that you have to get at the end of each area, you sort of, you have to scrap for it basically. Um, but with Morose, it's just literally sitting there <laughs> and Ethan picks it up. And again, one of my favorite lines from the game, he just goes, I'll just be taking this. And that's it. <laughs> and like, he's already got it right at the beginning. But then of course you obviously have to go through the whole boss fight and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, he, you know, Morose just left it out. Cause yeah, bless him. He's a little bit simple. Um, Yes, after that comes the stronghold, uh, as Steve mentioned. And yeah, I, I see what you mean. Definitely, it's the least characterful. Um, it's not one of the Lord's areas. There's not really much to it. I don't know if we need to say a whole lot about it. It's very combat-focused area. You do get to have a bit of a showdown at the end, I suppose. Um, Steve, any more thoughts on the stronghold? It's it's nice to see that RE4's island still lives on. <laughs> yeah. It, it just feels like a gauntlet onslaught with a little bit of castle architecture but of a different kind compared mm. to like you know if house demitresque is classy this is just boring and soldiery mm. the, the, the little glimpse you see of the underbelly where you see that the, the uh, you know the lichens doing their thing nomming on corpses great shot the mm. little like crystal cave fantastic visual everything else bland rock mm. the tower I, of the it, uh, red exploding barrel that's what i call it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, Adam, any thoughts on the stronghold? I feel pretty much the same as you guys. I always forget it's coming, no matter mm. how many times I've played this now. I'm like, oh yeah, before Heisenberg, it's the stronghold. Um, I do like it, though, just for the... And I think the reason it's included is just to up the pace a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you've just done the dollhouse where you don't really have any combat. You do definitely get a strong gameplay experience, but you haven't really had to combat and then Moreau's section is is kind of it's light on light combat. in combat there's mm. a couple of areas um but it's more of like a little exploration hunt type thing um and then it's just cut with this nice burst of action just to get you kind of refreshed into like the speed of the game again as it as it kind of amps up a little bit for well kind of for the factory mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that james thoughts on the stronghold um, yeah, uh, right, so I, we, I'm going to be a bit negative about, like, the Stronghold, but it does have my favorite file. Um, it's just before the um, Urias fight, um, and I, I just want to repeat it to everybody, because it proves, and it's going to tie into something later, but it proves that this place is much older mm. than we initially expected, and it's the officer's note. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to be written in uh, like kind of an, a more old in- English, kind of maybe early 19th century, late 17th. But it says, the king's orders finally arrived. Withdraw. It's the most vexing that we must abandon the border stronghold to those heretics. If I had but a little more time, I know I might be able to turn the tide to this battle. Nay, I should not put on airs. It is my curiosity that ties me to this place. There are a number of ruins in the vicinity which the locals say are very ancient. The ceremony site with four giant statues, the caves with murals carved on the walls, the stone plinth they call the giant's chalice. Where did the people who built them come from? Where did they go? It irks me that we must abandon this place without knowing. Right? I love that file because it gives you a a time frame. Mm. Right? However, that area, not great. But I understand why they put it in. They're like, oh, we need to put like this 15, 20 minute first playthrough 
section in just to like because they they want to show how kind of messed up Heisenberg is, um, and also you want that big showdown with Urias. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, it does kind of it does kind of showcase um, like what lichens are. Like they have a den, they have a cave, yeah. they have an alpha. You know, they are horde mentality. You know, I think I my first playthrough and also in hardcore of. Um, that den, I died several times. It was tough. Hmm. Um, it was tough to tough to get through. But I understand, like it, it, that bit kind of lost its 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 um, luster. Yeah, for me. Hmm. But the I think the Otto's Mill was pretty neat. Like the cannibal a- yeah, area. Yeah, you know that was one place that I completely skipped on my first playthrough. I ran Same. right. Past me it. too. I missed <laughs> it entirely. <laughs> Certain people got mathematician on the first play through, didn't they, James? You know, uh, <laughs> so we suffered through all of the optional boss fights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that that's a great little area before the stronghold. There's a lot of cool atmosphere in there, I, and I definitely want to talk about the the optional boss fights as well. Honestly, right, aesthetically speaking, the the mill, and I know it's only like three or four rooms and a little bit of a lead up to it, is more compelling than the stronghold is. Yeah, it's just a, it's a shame that, you know, I, I feel like this is a criticism of the game for me in that if you were to chop the stronghold bit entirely out and if you were to go straight to Heisenberg and he just gives you the flask, this game would probably have lost a lot of the comparisons to RE4 because a lot of the action in this game, besides a certain set piece later on, takes place here. It's like the biggest fight in the game otherwise. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's funny yeah. that you say that, Steve, because in the concept art, the the mill was originally the lair of the lichens. Mm-hmm. Would have worked way better for so, me. Right. They could have they could have expanded that out a little bit and not had the stronghold would wouldn't be as as necessary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, let's move on then to the final location, the factory, Heisenberg's lair. Um, I've seen this one. I think is the one I've seen the most complaints about. That it's a little bit long or a little bit generic. But um, personally, I really enjoyed it. And I think perhaps one major reason why is uh, a little bit of boredom after Nest and Nest 2. You know, all these nice clean labs. It was it was nice to have something RE3 like, you know, uh, the factory. It's, a, it's, a, it's shaking it up after the last two releases. Um, and personally speaking, as a Star Trek fan, it is great to play a game inside of a disused steampunk board cube. But, you know, um, <laughs> I this was an area also I struggled with. It's, a, it's an ammo eater, I think, especially in your first run. Um, there were parts where I didn't spend enough time uh, completely exploring it until subsequent playthroughs just because I was worried about running into things. In fact, one of the later, one of the, I think this is like the last enemy you come across, I just pegged it every time. I was like, I'm not even going to try and mess around with this thing because I'm so close to running out of everything. So it, yeah, it, that helped. Uh, you know, obviously my gameplay situation helped the atmosphere for me, but I know that's not necessarily the same with everyone. Um, Adam, what did you think of the factory? This was the weakest part of the game for me. Um, okay. Just because it was so in love with the tone of the rest of the the game, the gothic kind of tone, and it doesn't carry across into the factory, in my opinion. It's, it's, I don't know. There's just something about it where I'm just like, oh, now I'm fighting like dudes with drills. Like <laughs> it takes a lot, like which isn't a problem. Like they're an enjoyable enemy to face, 
but like I've gone from like a, a weird like ancient village and now there's like a jetpack dude whose head looks like a bomber like it just it's just a big disconnect for me this area and I don't like it as much and I I feel like the Heisenberg story doesn't gel with the rest of the story like he's like the one lord that's kind of just like well I don't want to listen to mother miranda and do what she says but like with mother miranda's abilities he never would have got that that far into his like making hundreds of like where is he getting all those bodies from Mm. for for like making weird metal parasite soldiers Mm -hmm. um it's 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 for me it's the bit that kind of like you know, for want of a better term, jumps the shark a little bit in terms right. of, of the rest of the game. It just doesn't fit in this weird little, like, mutiny type thing he's planning with all these weird soldiers and, like, what, like, why? <laughs> it's never really, like, like I, I get it, you don't like Miranda, but we're never clued in enough as to buy into that relationship. Mm. You yeah, know, it's definitely... fine for the others because they kind of toe the line. They're just like, oh, like the way I see it is like Miranda didn't choose these people. Obviously, it's whoever was compatible with mm-hmm. the the mutamecite and the Kadu parasite that she came up with. And, you know, she's fine with with Lady D. Lady D kind of talks to her most comfortably. So she's like, it feels like she's like, she feel Lady D feels like she's the proper one. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the one that Mother Miranda likes, like, because I'm the most quote unquote normal. Um, and then, you know, Moreau obviously is just a bit of a simpleton. And Donna, we don't, we know the least about, I feel like. Um, but that's kind of the point. You know, mm-hmm. we want that mystery. But when it comes to Heisenberg, it just feels very forced to me like he doesn't i don't understand heisenberg's ambitions like i understand the others right because because it's more complex which is fine but they never really tell us why yeah there's some things there's some things to dig into there when we get to like characters and stuff and, and stuff definitely um you've definitely touched on things that i Agree with completely. In terms of dudes with drills on their hands, I will say one thing. Uh, literally just before you encounter the first one of them, I was thinking, you know, we've managed to go through a Resident Evil game up to this point without having an enemy with a power tool. I was like, I can hear a noise. Here comes inevitable chainsaw enemy. So I was quite happy to see something slightly different. I'll say that much. You um, need three chainsaws strapped to... <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, James, what's your thoughts on the factory? Oh boy! So <clears throat> my first my first venture into the factory was horrible. Um, again, <laughs> it's meant it's meant to be a level where it's meant to it's meant to be a place where you are meant to be confused. Yeah, like it's meant to confuse you completely. And again, I'm going to go into that personification theory of mine. Heisenberg is smart. He's an He's a genius, right? To the outside, uh, and like to the outside observer, like he, you know, you feel like he's he knows a lot more than he's kind of letting on, mm. and it kind of 
shows in his factory. It's complete chaos to like if you go through there the first time. Like, wait, do I go left here or right here? I can't remember. Wait, I listen, right? For the first four playthroughs, I was doing a full two minute run to the forge room, right? Without realizing that I could have just gone downstairs like from the actual elevator like <laughs> i was losing my mind like i was like this can't be right you know it can't be and yeah so like the and like my mind i think we all know here my mind in terms of game geography is not fantastic i can't um without kind of continually doing it over and over again i don't have a great mind for it i just can't keep up right and this factory was horrible for me i just couldn't get everything and like the map was good though so like the map helped me with that um i don't normally say maps are good so that's kind of a <laughs> like that's that's a that's one up for this game um but i mean there are many one ups but uh i did i did like it like when i got to the end it uh, the heisenberg fight is one of my favorite fights in the game um and like i got it i and i also feel it did kind of fit because every single um, every single person like had a different angle and like his, his angle is that he's smart and he wants to, you know, create the, the, <laughs> without sounding like a uh, alien fanboy, the ultimate, you know, the perfect organism. Like he wants to make a whole army of those. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, you know, so he could fight back against Miranda, you know, and because, you know, he gone absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of I, I did like that, and I like the shift. Um, you know, I like the steampunk aspect of it, and like you, Sai, I was like, oh, sweet, this is like Star Trek and cyberpunk. Like, I love, I love it. Um, I just, I, the, you know what? There's nothing that can be changed because it's meant to be confusing to you when you mm-hmm. on your first playthrough, on your second playthrough, third, fourth playthrough, like it was with me. Like, it's meant to be confusing. Um, because he is a complex character, like, and he is like meant to be, um, like he, he's, he's meant to be confusing and not, you know, you're not meant to know his full. And it's like that factory. I didn't, I didn't, I, even though I, I, I got map mathematician like first time, but it was, I spent, God, I must've spent like two and a half hours in that place. And it's, it's meant to be the bookend, right? It's meant to be the bookend to the, to the game. And I think it's a good bookend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I don't really have any criticisms of it, um, you know, because my criticisms is mainly due to my own personal skill. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's it, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. knock village down, right? For my own personal skill not being good enough, because I know that probably Steve, you know, went through this place, and you know, it was like he, he you know, he freaking beautiful mind that. This whole place and figured out where everything was because Steve is amazing, right? But <laughs> <laughs> with me, like I, I, I won't be able to do that. Steve, did you um, manage to uh, figure out the factory I, first time? I did, I did. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to come to his defence a little bit here and say that it is a nice change that we've somehow managed to get the uh, original Resident Evil 3's remake, uh, original Resident Evil 3's Dead Factory. Mixed with uh, Rupture Farms from Abe's Odyssey, <laughs> and yep. it, it, it actually, you know, as a, on its own in its own ecosystem, probably wouldn't be great. But I actually like it a lot when you juxtapose it against the rest of the village. 
as as a place of like you know flesh, metal, and concrete, it's ominous and scary and constantly making so much noise. Mm. And the enemies themselves are kind of. Uh, they remind me a lot. I, I, I'm not the first person to make this comparison. I'm sure I won't be the last. Very reminiscent of stuff from the newer Wolfenstein games, mm. um, which makes sense, you know, in that it's Nazi scientists. In this case, it's just a mad scientist, very much Frankenstein, mm. which is on the on nail meat head. I mean, you get, I think it's the one one place in the game you get an audio log from Heisenberg, and he's like been doing this for like 20 attempts. I, everyone sees these soldiers on conveyor belts as successes. I think they're the refuse. I don't think they're even ones that work. I get the feeling that his quote-unquote metal army, the majority of the ones that you beat up as the player, are barely the only ones that work. Mm-hmm. I, I, he is that kind of mad scientist where he's cobbling stuff together and hoping it works. And I love that about this place. Like It's it's grinding, creepy, complex, and somewhat labyrinthian. And the fact that it's one of the most complex areas in the game, despite being near the quote-unquote end game of a player's exploration, it's like the most open area at the end, I think is a testament. Because a lot of Resi games, you get onto that like end-run conveyor belt, and it's pretty much just run forward, shoot That's thing, true. pick up item. Mm. Whereas this place is not. It's uh, surprisingly complex. Mm. Especially that little foundry area where you have to keep using the uh, the smelter or whatever you call to keep building yeah. things is really mm. cool. Yeah, yeah. maybe a bit too much concrete and scrap metal, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I liked it. Cool. All right, well, and that's... then you find the happy death tractor that reminds you of. <laughs> Did you ever watch Brum as a kid? A <laughs> I don't know why, but it just reminds me of Brum, little yellow Brum. death tractor. <laughs> Yeah, sex mac in a tank. We'll get. <laughs> don't worry, I've got things to say about that. Um, so we talked about all the settings. So let's just, and we talked about the way they look generally. But let's just dig in a little bit more in terms of general aesthetics, um, visually and and audio wise. What stands out to each individual person? What you thought was good and what you thought was not so good. Um, yeah, I've said a lot of what I've, I've already had to say about this already. Um, I agree with all you guys, you know, the castle was a big highlight, visually speaking. I like the factory, the way that it fits in. It's something different. Um, The village is wonderful. The beginning is really brilliant for setting the tone. I I don't think, and this is probably something for sort of near the end, I don't think this is the horror game that RE7 was. Of course not. It's much more action-focused. We knew that going into it, of course. But the beginning is very tense. Uh, and, 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 you know, I did some out loud screaming. That's... You know, things were creeping up on me. Uh, you know, I got the jump scare from the, the, the crow hanging as well. I was very on edge pretty much immediately <laughs> at the beginning of the game. So it's a testament to the atmosphere there. Um, but in terms of visual stuff, I think this is up there in terms of uh, best designs for, this, for the series overall. You've got the storybook at both the beginning and end of the game is really strong and different and cool. Um, the cutscenes look good, especially the ending cutscenes are just strikingly good looking. And um, if you haven't bought what is like 120 pieces of concept art in this game to to buy with the in-game currency, definitely go through it because not only is there loads of like cool information that you could sort of you could debatably say some of it is grey canon. Like if you, if you like at a stretch, perhaps if you want to be controversial, so like there's stuff where it's like oh, early on we were thinking about doing this. It's it's just not in the game. So Brum, as Adam put it in the concept art, they say at one point we were going to make this Heisenberg's dad. Um, there's no reason to say that he isn't though. So you could definitely uh, put that in there if you like. But more than anything, that some of that concept art just blows me away. 
Like I would, I don't tend to frame a lot of stuff like that, but I would have some prints of that, some of that concept art and hang of some of like the locations and enemy design and just some of it's so so damn good and it has such a great clear vision which is reflected in the final product of course but i really recommend looking through that concept art because some really really gorgeous stuff um james what do you think about this game from a visual perspective i know that's a big question but <laughs> i i have managed to put it down into a concise paragraph oh well, I look forward to it. um <laughs> but uh, to, to 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 build on what you said as well, like I, I'm actually going to be doing a stream soon where I'm going to go through all the concept art and stuff. Oh, awesome! Um, yeah, so because I've just unlocked it all, I have not touched it because I want to go through with everybody the concept art of the game and like the little figures and stuff and the little nuggets like that. Um, but yeah, in terms of the atmosphere aesthetics of this game, as I've mentioned before. Some of the best things about this game is the clear distinctions between each location. And it's due to that unique atmosphere and the overall look of each location and its origins while still feeling like it fits in the universe. Like, I mean, that's loose because, like, you know, Resident Evil, <laughs> you know, you can put up anything can fit into Resident Evil at this point. Um, but mm. you won't forget the wine and the violin in the Beneviento house, for instance. Or the steampunk grunge of propelled by Shusaku Ishiyama. Like when that comes in, like a, you know, mm. it just kicks in and you're like, well, I'm scared now. Um, mm. You know, the sound design in this game, because like, I suppose we could put that into atmosphere. Yeah, of course. Well, is fantastic. Um, a lot of the time, the sound is what spooked me before the actual, um, before the actual event <laughs> happened. Mm. Um, so well done. Um, yeah, and like the filter of each location as well. Every location has a different filter. It was it all feels very unique. It's been meticulously chosen and like kind of you know and it's like they've they've messed with the atmosphere so it feels unique and yeah. So I could put goes due to these things and with the locations as well. Like it's completely immersed fully in this story. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I could talk more, but I think just saying all that is kind of a summary of how I feel about like the, the general atmosphere, aesthetic audio of this game. It's fantastic. Like, second to none other, in my opinion. Excellent. Um, Steve, what are your thoughts on the atmosphere and the visual aesthetic of the game? Uh, it's very much in, in keeping with like the different zones. It obviously changes and morphs. But uh, the fact that the village itself transforms uh, as you go on, like it, uh, sometimes I'd argue it's obviously very ominous and creepy. But uh, uh, then there's like that element of uh, excitement as you come back to crack it open, and the the, mm. the game very much feels that way. Uh, the the atmosphere of the Beneviento house, obviously, like we've already talked uh, talked on, but you know it rips me a new one even now on playthrough X. You know mm. it's. It's amazing on that front. And again, you know, I can't not have fun in, uh, you know, Moreau's Funster, uh, Monster Outdoor Funhouse. So, <laughs> and then obviously there's the descent into the village. You know, that uh, it's kind of kind of one misstep for me is the fact that you don't really get to explore the village much at night, except for one pivotal moment. I'm right. trying not to spoil. Mm. Uh, and, but the atmosphere at that point when it's, it's you know, the, the whole thing is, you know, it feels like a uh, fumbling deck of cards. The entire thing is like at stake and the whole place is falling to pieces is great. Like mm. you genuinely feel like it's pure chaos. Mm. And 
the fact that the game can keep shifting these tones. Like, I'd argue that for me, personally, for my tastes, maybe I'm a bit old and busted at this point, but the one where it kind of lacks a bit is at the start. I feel like it takes a while to get going. I argue up until, like, a few encounters into the castle does the thing start to settle in. Like, you have the really great encounter at Outdoors, where you fight a horde of complete lichens and the rest, and I think it's Urius. Mm-hmm. And then it slows down a bit too much for me. I feel like there's a bit there that is kind of a bit uh, meandering-wise, and it feels a bit like the, the air itself is kind of like, get on with it then. But it does pick up. Mm. Um, musically, it's like like RE7. It's very understated, isn't it, and that, on that front? The, 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 the sound design's top-notch, but the music only comes in when it's needed. Yeah. Uh, which is... I, I don't know how I feel at that at times, especially if you turn on the uh, the DLC or uh, go down Aunt Rady save room thing, because you hear that a lot more, like in uh, RE2 Remake, where you only hear the save room theme once in its normal soundtrack. It's kind of almost cartoonish how often you'll hear that theme if you turn it on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very much a continuation of the Seven style, where it's more ambient noise mm. um, than music. I do think there is some really great pieces of music on the soundtrack, especially stuff in the oh, late, in the late game, especially. Um, yeah, there's like one track that gets my blood pumping, and there's one that tra- one track yeah. that will make me cry almost, even just hearing the track. Yeah, the the yeah the, the blood pumping one definitely, and I love that that's part of the, the very small but but generally solid selection for mercenaries as well. It's obviously, should be. Um, the other one I really like as well is from a particular scene that where you see a returning character, let's put it that way, because uh, it feels very much in the style of, of previous music that you've heard in other games. And I was like, oh, that kind of feels like a nice reference. I, every time it plays, I'm like, I'm, try, I'm trying to listen to it further to see if it is directly riffing off of something we've heard before. But it feels very much like the style of the game when it's a different composer, so props to them. I don't think the sound design is quite as good as Seven. Um... But I think, again, 7 is the horror game of the two, so it probably should um, have stronger, spookier uh, sound design. But the sound design in the game, that being said, ain't ain't nothing to be sniffed at. Um, Adam, what do you think of the game, sort of visually and audio overall? I think it's a bit of a home run, honestly. Like for, For the few little bits I didn't like in terms of the factory, I still think that as a visual experience, this game stands out definitely of recent games um it really brings a lot to the table they've clearly it feels like they've gone back to the original games and been like remember when like this was visually a treat Mm. like i know it was on the playstation and stuff but the pre-rendered backgrounds just made the, those games look better than most anything else on the system mm-hmm. and if, it feels like they've just done that here it's like let's make it look beautiful no matter where you are like you can stop almost anywhere mm. in the game and there's something to look at or there's a texture that's really nice you know it's throughout most of the game it's pretty and the sound it really helps as well i would agree that seven feels better just for its more sort of horror leaning but I mean, just the sound the baby makes itself deserves a freaking yeah. award because yeah. that is horrendous. That's a big part. Like of they did a great job with that. Like the whatever, you know. I obviously don't know what they did to it because it's slightly electronic, mm. which is weird. But it's also 
you know, obviously very human as well. And yeah, mm. just a really great job on everything. I, I can't think of anything where I visually or, or sound design wise, where I was kind of let down. Mm-hmm. Imagine much. just hearing the squelching noises as you're hiding under that bed. And, and, oh yeah, no, I'm with you. I would argue that the sound design, the, the the detriment to this game, in terms of its sound design versus seven, is the fact the game pushes you forward a lot more. Seven, yeah, literally, you, know, you right. can take your time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's sure. still here, but you don't you don't appreciate it as much because you're like running from point A to point B. Mm, well, seven fair. seven felt so much smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, into I know obviously it was it was a pretty decent play area, but it just felt like you were trapped in that place whereas this you never really felt trapped i felt more open but at the same time both of those come with their own set of horrors you know like being trapped in seven is horrendous because you feel claustrophobic you don't know what's around the next corner whereas being in an open space like this is the horror of the unknown Mm -hmm. it's like anything could come from anywhere like you're not as safe as you are in the small house for for the opposite reasons, so it, I just feel like they did a great job. Yeah, there is a just a couple more points uh, before we move on. Is that one thing I will say I didn't like about the game a little bit visually is that um, some of the animations could have done with perhaps a little bit of variation. There's just one particular moment that stands out to me that just makes me laugh uh, when right at the end of the game there's like waves of lichens to fight and if you take like a whole group of them out with a hand grenade they all fall down in exactly the same way and they all die in unison <laughs> yeah. like in synchronization which is yeah took me out of it a little bit it's hilarious they've been practicing that right exactly well props to them but wasn't a fan um <laughs> and but but on the plus up what i do want to say and sort of applaud yet again and we do this with every time they release a game now is just um, the RE engine's facial capture is ridiculous. And we talked about this when Remake 3 when it came out and we were like, man, RE7 was only three years ago and that was good. Like the facial capture, that was really good when it came out. But RE3 is steps already and Village goes even further with it. Like the best looking faces we've had in the series, definitely. Um, the lip sync is a little bit better as well. It's still rough around the edges, which is kind of expected at this point, I think. Um, but they seem to have tweaked it a little bit. But yeah, the faces, I thought, just looked in particular and really, really good. An interesting fact for that size. Mm. I don't know if you've got the the Ethan Winters concept art extras. Right. Um, but they say that in, in Resident Evil 7, we utilized a photo scanning technique for the character mm-hmm. designs. But in Village, we decided to be more creative and tried character designs that didn't look like regular. So they didn't actually use photo scanning for like the designs this mm. time, which oh, is very wow. interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. Can I? Yeah. So actually, this is specifically for the PC. I feel I I cannot talk for consoles, but actually, now you just reminded me. Like a, we call them the lag bees. Or the lag flies, right? Yeah, such a big problem for me. Like the game runs fantastic, right? Optimize, optimize, really, really well, right? But if anything gets in your face, like the the bees or the flies, um, or some of the lichens getting right in your face, right? You actually lose some of the animation there because there's a bunch of frames that are just lost, 
Right. Right. And it was super, super, uh, like it took me out. Uh, it, it took me out of the, of the game. And it's like, a, it's, I thought it was just because I have a mediocre PC, but you know, Berger was telling me that he deals with it and his PC is a powerhouse, mm. you know? So like, I think it, it's a common problem out there. And then I, I started looking. I didn't have any issues with it on the PlayStation four. I'll say I didn't get any kind of lag or anything. And to say yeah. on the Xbox One X version, it's fine. Like I didn't notice any lag or any stutter or anything. But when I played it on the PC version, just for the sake of seeing what it'd be like, I noticed that when you get like a kill headshot and you decapitate, or if there's something particularly yeah. busy like the flies, it always stutters for a frame. Hmm. Um, yeah, like, blocking, the, the like if you if you were to block the uh, the Dimitrescu daughters, like their fly attacks and stuff at close range, it, we we are talking like you know single digit frame rates for no reason. Wow. I, I, I can't comprehend it. And I and I play the game now. I play it because I do the speed running and stuff. I play it on prioritized performance, so there is literally no reason why I should be having like mm. this problem. But I still do, and it, it, I hope they do patch it because, yeah, like Steve said, even when you're g- looking down sights and you sniper something from far away, there's still some skip frames there, and it's always when like there's a head in view or like the light flies, for instance. Mm. Mm. Even like it doesn't necessarily have to be a uh, decapitation though. You could just fire a shotgun shell at a lichen's yeah. chest. If it kills them, sometimes the system will still stutter, and I cannot for the life of me figure out why. Um, and there's there's also the lone road when you come out of the castle and you're going down the lone road for some reason. Again, doesn't matter if I'm prior t- prioritizing performance or not. The game just starts lagging like really hard unless I run through that zone really fast. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, yeah, which you wouldn't think, right? You would think, oh, if you're going through it fast, it would lag more. Mm. But yeah, if oh. I just run through, it's fine. Can we just like for a moment, though, take a moment and just appreciate the fact this game has been out a week, right? Yeah. And mm. if these are all the things we can complain about, it's performance-wise, and it's a AAA release title. That's actually somehow like it's a it's a golden egg in this day mm. and age, you know? Oh yeah, you, you think oh, of the yeah. horrors of cyberpunk and things like that. Like, finished. <laughs> yeah, a game that just functions and behaves as it should do, with a few minor maybe missteps because it's on every single platform. There's going right, to be a few yeah. things that slip to the like, cracks. Like for sure, like I, 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 as I said earlier, this game is optimized like superbly, and it's something Capcom has done really, really well. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, with PCs and stuff, like they've optimized their games so, so well. Um, but it's their fifth or sixth crack with the RE engine. When you think of Monster Hunter World, Devil yeah. May Cry Five, the two remakes, and Seven. Yeah, um, I was actually just going to say what's so good about that as well is that they they clearly care about that kind of thing because when you look at something like and this is getting a little bit off track maybe but the RE engine on Switch um, that's a thing now and that's obviously a much less powerful system than not just current generation Xbox and PlayStation but it's less powerful than Xbox One and PS4 and its first attempts in Japan you can get RE7 as a streaming game so you basically just uh, download a key to access it online and, and stream it from a server um, and they've evolved that to the point where the latest Monster Hunter game is Switch exclusive and sold like hotcakes so I'm guessing it runs perfectly James you would know but... it, yeah it it runs like a treat I've never had a problem so, graphically so they, they definitely know what they're doing and, and again Steve to back up what you're saying as well this isn't just a PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X game This we all played this on um previous gen quote unquote if you like or previous gen and a half in xbox one x case um and yeah generally didn't have any problems um there's 
when I was sprinting around the castle on my speedrun playthrough, there were a couple of moments where I got to door to a door and it would dip down to black and come immediately back up, where it was sort of unloading an area and loading a new one. Fair enough. The game's a lot bigger than RE7 in terms of general scope. As we were just saying, RE7's a bit more claustrophobic and smaller. So, okay, that, that's fair enough. I can forgive that. And I had a little bit of... winded. It's blinking. Exactly. He's just taking a break. Um, <laughs> and his eyes weren't focusing, I guess, because I had a little bit of texture... Uh, popping in when I was getting closer to things but nothing nothing like wildly distracting at all and and the only other thing is when you're in some of the elevators to areas they take a quite a long time Um, it's especially hilarious when you're on your way to the factory because you get on that bridge and turn around and realize you really only drop like two feet but it takes (laughs) like a full minute Um, but in terms of the fact that it's across different generations um, I take no issue with that absolutely you know and the fact that I once I finally do get a PS5 I get my free upgrade. How how can I complain about that? Woo. Um, so let's talk about gameplay on the subject of which. Um, man, we're already this far in and we're talking about gameplay. This can be good fun. Um, so for me to kind of like to start with maybe a overview statement, I think that this is 100% the sequel that RE7 needed in a way. And it reminds me of... And stay with me here. It reminds me of RE2 and how it's the action-packed sibling of RE1. Because I think one reason why RE4 was such a head spin for the hardcore audience at that point when it was coming out was not just the huge chain of change of perspective. Of course, that was a big deal. But also, it was the big step into action after the sort of little little bit forward in Code Veronica, the little edging in that direction. And then the, the full leap into an action game. Whereas this time around... We got the perspective shift with RE7. We got our first-person perspective. But it's the horror game. And then Village is the escalation of that into the horror action game. And I think that really, really helps. If we'd have started with Village, probably would have had a very different reaction in general to this game, people at large. But I think it's really helped because we sort of laid the groundwork with 7. Adam, how do you feel about the gameplay for Village? Generally, I don't really have any too much negative to say about the gameplay it there it's replayable you know um right sort of evidenced by everyone i think playing it a few times at least and and it's a lot of fun to play one thing i was a little disappointed in is that resident evil 4 still feels a bit more fun combat wise to me Okay. Um, and I get it because four is a bit more actiony than than this one, but like there isn't a great deal you can do with the enemies um, in terms of kind of quote unquote playing around with them. Mm-hmm. Like with the Ganados, they had such great hit detection, mm-hmm. um, and in this, it feels like that's not as much of a thing. Sure. You pretty much just go to put every enemy down as quickly as possible. Um, you can't use the knife as easily um, until you get the uh, until you unlock a, a knife later on um, for for other playthroughs. That is kind of fun, but it, it just doesn't feel as it has as much utility as Resident Evil Four does. Resident yeah, Evil Four with that. is like a big box of toys for killing things, mm-hmm. and this feels markedly less so. But that's not a problem. I just was hoping I would get a bit more of that feeling into it. Um, but I don't really have anything else to say that, that's bad about the gameplay. 
the puzzles were fine. Uh, they've what what I've come to expect from Resident Evil now, which is something that isn't really gonna tax me at all. But mm-hmm. I like the inclusion of them to still say, "Hey, this is still part of the formula of the series." Um, but yeah, it's it was a, a fun game and. It definitely didn't feel like it took me 10 hours the first time through. Mm. Um, it kept me engaged all the way through from start to finish. Uh, on replays, almost everything bar a few areas are still enjoyable. So they did something right, you know, mm. and I I don't really have anything bad to say about the, the actual process of playing the game at all. Yeah, I um I agree about the puzzles. I actually quite like the puzzles in this one quite a lot. You know, you've got your your throwbacks in the same way that Seven alluded to the the shotgun puzzle of RE1. This game does it too a little bit. It's got its descending ceiling moment early on, which I thought was quite nice. Um, but it's got the whole the whole gambit of what you kind of want out of puzzles from Resident Evil for me. You know, finding codes um, in the location to to input somewhere. You've got um, sort of brand new environmental puzzles. I mean, they're not new, like games have been doing them for the longest time, but I don't think Resident Evil has done them quite like this. Like shooting the bells, that's one thing. Um, and I quite like that little room. But the one where you sort of have to, or several ones where you have to push the uh, fire torches around was actually kind of cool and different. I don't think we've seen something quite like that in Resident Evil before. Um, and more than I anything, I like the fact that there was one where you had to use an enemy to set it. Yeah, that took me a moment. Quite cool. That took me a moment to get it, um, to be honest. But yeah, like areas like that, those puzzles that are kind of optional, I, I really like as well because it's so easy to just like they could have just had you come out of the village and be like, "Here's your treasure map. They're over there somewhere. Go and fight some enemies. Get the treasure done." Like, but no, they actually that wasn't came gr- up. actually. There's there's a gameplay gripe I have. You just reminded me of it. Okay. Um, being locked out of areas yes. before knowing I, I luckily for me like my first run is never my like completionist run mm-hmm. my very first run is just to get the story but i was very upset because i didn't realize that the i mean i was like how do i open this yeah gate same. to mm-hmm. get the stone slab that should be on me to do mm-hmm. like that's resident evil i need to work out how to open this so that i can get that the fact that it just opens automatically for one part of the game and if you don't go there then it closes again is a real it you know it really annoyed me because mm. i was like oh now i don't get to get that yeah i have to is, play the whole game again that's definitely a and, problem and there are certain goats in areas that you will like only do once mm-hmm. so say you're going up the elevator to fight heisenberg i think there's a goat in that elevator mm-hmm. and if you miss it which is hard to do with a machine gun but if you do miss it you have to play that whole game through again to get the opportunity to get that well no with the ele- that- in the elevator in particular just go back down a floor and then come back up again and shoot it <laughs> no isn't there one in the elevator actually going up to heisenberg by Duke's presence not actually being in the elevator anymore, is it back to the same elevator? Um, oh, right, okay. So you can get it the second you... I know which one you're on oh, about. Oh, 
I didn't it's the know one it was above. the same elevator. For some reason, it didn't click to that's, me the same elevator. That specific example aside, you are right, because I got all of them and couldn't for the life of me figure out which one I've missed. And it's literally in the right. vineyard before the castle. There's one there. Uh, and you walk through oh, that yeah. area once and you never go right. back and you can't ever go back right. there. I agree. Like That is a problem, unfortunately. Like... I understand the constraints of certain rooms because they want it to be cinematic, so certain things get destroyed or whatever. Of course. But it's very annoying. Just like, for, for whatever reason, in the very first um, house, like with the guy with the shotgun, you know, there's a box there that's very obviously meant to be broken and got, but I just forgot to get it. Mm. And then that house... was forever red. It's forever ripped, like, yeah. and it's yeah. blocked off. It's like, why can't I just go into the house? Why not just leave it? It's not ruined. Mm-hmm. You could block the door off, but still let me get that treasure. Mm-hmm. Like, so that was one thing that I actually kind of got frustrated about during the game is like, oh, I, I missed this in Moreau's area. I'll go get it. You go there and it's like, oh, I have no reason to go here anymore. I'm like, well, actually, I do have a reason to go there <laughs> to get my freaking treasures. Mm. So, yeah, that but was my biggest bug there. I agree with that. But in terms of like the optional bits and pieces that you can get, um, I appreciated that they weren't just down a corridor with some enemies. Like there's a puzzle or something to right. do there. There's a lot of bits like that where it's like they could have done nothing. Um, and instead they actually added some detail. Like the labyrinth, you know, mazes, the marble maze things. Um through most of the dungeons or dungeons areas whatever you want to call them you just sort of you find the ball hidden somewhere down a passageway or whatever you know it's it's tucked away but in the last one to mix it up as previously mentioned you smelt it which is just a really great use of you know making the environment making use of what makes the environment unique do you know what i mean um steve how do you feel about the gameplay at large for village yeah i love screwball scramble um (laughs) no i there's a lot of carrots and a lot of sticks in this game that pull you and try and drag you to do, you know, side quests and divert, which I appreciate a lot. But like Adam said earlier, there is a lot of unscripted or in some cases kind of needless points of points of no return that you don't mm-hmm. know about, which do infuriate completionists who check their map, which is why my playthrough could be generously and politely considered glacial in terms of pace. Now, that, that's fine for someone like me, and but I can see how it will probably annoy people the actual like the, the combat i would argue in this game it, it, it has swings and roundabouts where sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's tedious like the lichens themselves half the time are either getting bodied by you or barely reacting to the attacks like the first one you fight your first playthrough you can put every round into that thing for some reason it's still coming and and, and you know that, that that frustrates me a little bit especially mm. when you um compare it to the likes of four five and six where enemies react to gunfire when you hit them these days they normally have like a, some kind of hidden bit of armor that you have to shoot in terms of like damage before they'll react which annoys the living daylights out of me um gameplay wise other than that it's fine honestly you, you, it's got that nice weird medley of resident evil 4 and resident evil 7 and that you find weapon parts Mm. Oh, no, that's more Resident Evil 2, sorry. Resident Evil 2 Remake, rather. Um, but there is a bugbear that I actually have to concede, though. There are, like, three pistols, three shotguns, and so many things, but the in Resident Evil 4 and games before it, these weapons would normally have some kind of distinct advantage or disadvantage, generally right. speaking. And in uh, Village, there isn't really that. Like, if you see the next mod look from the gun that you are currently using... Just grab it, unless you're like planning on unlocking all the infinite weapons. Besides, maybe uh, early capacity, 
it's better in every way. It'll fire faster, it'll do more damage, which is not really all that great. I want to have weapons that feel different so you can, like, theme a playthrough. Mm-hmm. Like in RE4, you might want to use the Leon starting handgun and keep it through the entire game, just for the sheer fact that it has a higher crit chance. Mm-hmm. But you might want to use the um, Punisher or whatever, which shoots through targets and stuff like that. There's none of those weapons that feel particularly different. Um, the the fact that enemies drop gear and uh, you know crafting materials instead of ammunition is actually a very interesting take. I that, that it gives a player a lot more choice. Yeah. Uh, KDB just mentions this in chat that the enemies don't drop power. That's right. They drop things for a player to choose what they need, which is specific for the situation, which I think is a great touch. It's a better way than just having random bits of coin, which admittedly they still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but giving you players materials for which to design what they need. Um, so, yeah, if the weapons were a bit more unique and not just incremental upgrades, I think that would have helped me enjoy it a little bit more. The, that's, that's fair. Uh, I feel like they took their lessons from Mr. X a little too hard. Uh, Lady Dimitrescu or Domitrescu I, I, I'm sorry Dimitrescu is how I was pronouncing it before it's, it's, um... it's the thing is in the game everyone calls her Dimitrescu but Lady D Alcina calls herself Domitrescu mm. um... so the tall lady right <laughs> uh, she feels very she isn't scripted I actually watched a video pre-podcast she's got like some points where she'll warp near you but generally, she's roaming the castle by herself, or mm-hmm. while her daughters, they tend to stay in like smaller zones of interest. Mm-hmm. But she's way blander than the tyrant, despite the fact the mm-hmm. tyrant didn't speak. Her mechanic, I'm not talking about a character, you know, I know you all want to be stepped on and all the rest of that crap. Um, oops, sorry, I've said crap. Um, but mechanically speaking, she just stands there and there's a giant wall, and you just block it and then you walk around her. Doesn't quite have the same air of menace as the giant footsteps in the distance the tyrant had for me. Mm-hmm. Like you'll occasionally hear her heels in the distance. It just feels like very toned down. She'll she'll barb you with words before she does anything else. Mm. And also, um, usually it's the same words like stupid man thing. And the the what, what is it? You know, the entire line of Dimitrescu yeah. because of you and all that. I heard that many times. Um, but that almost it, implies that I saw her many times. And on my first playthrough, I barely encountered her, to be honest, which I don't know how to feel I about I didn't that. in my first playthrough either. I was like, oh, so much for a stalker enemy. And yeah. then in subsequent playthroughs, she seemed to pop up a lot more. There there are two scripted sections for Lady D. There's um, when you're coming back in after getting the fourth mask, and there's... You when know, you get you the come... iron key, she appears yeah. somewhere near mm-hmm. you. Yep. She's yeah, always she... in the ca- castle bit when you get the iron key. Yeah, but I, I would have liked, um, I would like kind of you know OG RE three mechanics where you got something because she's a rich lady, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, like, you could give, down give, her and give, take something. Yeah, give me some loot. Um, I mean, but, yeah, you can, you can make her readjust her hat. Um, <laughs> I love that. You can make her brush off her dress. In terms of like a, a coming across as an eminent powerful figure, sure, but she doesn't really do much gameplay wise. No, which right. is, is kind of what I'm getting at. The tyrant has that almost persistent ominous menace. Yeah, you can down him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Nemesis, yeah. you can down her. You can down him too. But it just feels like she's got. You know, she can swear. Well, she can insult you, and she can swipe at you. You'll probably block one and be emotionally crippled by the other, and then walk by. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird one because I mean, personally speaking, for me, I'm. I'm a little bit tired of the stalker thing, I guess. Um, so I don't mind too much. Sometimes you'll show up and be a little bit irritating, but 
I guess I'm okay with it just but that's from a personal thing where like I, I could take a break from the stalker thing for a little bit personally but I can see also why some people are irritated because she does seem to have a little bit less presence what I will say I haven't checked this for myself but I saw this on another, another server somebody pointed out with excellent use of photo mode um there's the a lot that line that I mentioned in fact where she's upset about the fact that you've killed all three of her daughters if you happen to get right up close to her or use photo mode, I suppose, to just uh, adjust area of view, uh, an, an amazing touch visually, you can see tears in her eyes when she says that. So that's oh, a, what oh, unnecessary, man. amazing detail. Uh, Are they red, though? They they're not, unfortunately. Red. She's not oh, crying boo. tears of blood. She's not that metal, unfortunately. Castlevania? <laughs> <laughs> Um, in terms of the general gameplay loop, I can see where you're coming from in terms of some of the combat being a little bit frustrating, perhaps. Um, I'm still at the point now, and I don't know if this will ever change, but I'm at the point now where in a big combat situation, I still get a little bit tense. Like I can when I'm like squeezing the trigger, I just like my body just sort of tenses up. I really enjoy the gameplay of this. And I know I've said before that RE4 yeah. is I know you're not like, you know, cutting it down. I'm I just wanted to say that RE4 wasn't re4 wasn't like massively my jam but this is this appeals to me on an action perspective i'm having a lot of fun with mercenaries even if i suck at it i'm really enjoying Mm. just running around taking stuff out but you're right about the weapons as well for sure it's um it's a weird thing that i have got i didn't really block much in re7 but in this i feel like my God, how powerful is Ethan's broken man? <laughs> uh, like, uh, you can block Sturm's charge and shove him to one side. This man could block a nuclear blast, as long as it's not in a cutscene. <laughs> like, in a cutscene, it's made of wet cake, but in gameplay, raw steel. Like, that hand can block some stuff. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I think that, yeah, the weapon's not being impactful enough uh, in the early game, and the fact that the, um, this is the one other minor complaint. And believe it or not, I do like Village. Guys, I, really, I played it a lot. Is the fact there's three zombies, basically, but they're all the same, just with different outfits. Yeah, you've that's got, fair. You've got the, um, I can't remember the name. That is, they've got, like, a particularly unique name in the uh, in the castle. Then you More find like some a, basic, well, Yeah, like that's a, the one. Yeah. And then you've got the stray ones in the graveyard outside uh, Beneviento House. And then there's haulers, which are the essentially the same monster, just with mm. a different skin. And that's kind of a bit of a shame, because that means you've got two generic types. You've got the lichens, and you've got the not-zombies. Mm. Uh, we'll definitely get to enemies next, but before that, James, what's your general thoughts on the gameplay? <laughs> um, yeah, so the combat of this game, excellent, uh, rewarding. A block into a push, very simple, but great opener for a full magazine to someone's head. All right, super fun. Although I didn't use my block like for my entire first standard run because I kept forgetting. Also, didn't like the lag. If somebody got up to me, up to my face, I was trying my best not to get in somebody's face because the lag would really throw me off. Um, the weapon play is fantastic, um, which is super welcoming. After learning that Ethan has taken military training from Chris and his mm. team, very, very satisfying. Um, and he read a book by Joe Kendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, uh, I have also something negative to say um, about this game that nobody else has mentioned yet. Um, the crafting and menu select is passable, but not fantastic. Yeah, it's a little confusing. Um, yeah, even on my first run, like I barely used the crafting mechanic as well, other than making a couple of apple juices to pour on myself. Mm. And the um, 
Yeah, but the item select for like key oh, items. I used stuff... it so much. <laughs> oh, but the item select could have been better for like key items and stuff. Um, mm. The inventory system is great, and I love that return to RE4. Um, yeah, let's let's see everybody's tidiest uh, tidiest <laughs> inventories, please. Yeah, um, that ain't me. You want to get tidier than mine. <laughs> also, every every time I pick something up, I got to stop and rearrange it. <laughs> and on that note, that was one of the worst challenges for me to get. Don't rearrange Don't, or yeah. stack anything. <laughs> I had I was sweating oh, for the two hours I played it. I was like, oh god, I just want to move stuff. It looks horrible. No, it's okay. So for, uh, a little tip for everybody wanting to do the slob one because I got it really easily. Um, so complete your first playthrough, then get any infinite weapon. Doesn't matter, right? Every time you go back, you get to the Duke. Just sell your ammo, right, and you're good. Like. You, you like I completed the game. I did. I thought that I would have messed up because I was selling ammo because it says something about stacked items. Mm. But yeah, sell your ammo and you'll get slob and you'll get another one as well. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 that um, yeah. that I had a run like that where I got the um, no messing with the inventory, no buying stuff. Uh, yeah, frugal father, don't yeah. buy it, and it don't, don't spend heal. over ten thousand or whatever. Yeah. yeah, do do all that in casual, and you'll get a, a crap ton of. CP yeah, I did. I go. got all of that together yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, but sure, go ahead. Yeah, the the also, uh, am I the only person that played it on PC here? Like out yes, of the yeah. fast staff. Um, so the movement on the mouse and keyboard is freaking great. Uh, super fluid and smooth. I felt like I was playing an FPS at some points, <laughs> and like I really felt like I was playing a Twitch shoot. And I'm not great at those, but it really felt cool. Um, however, some of the key event flags, like you know, like elevators and stuff, really hard to press. Some of them don't like pop in when they should. Yeah, actually, that's another gripe. Good, good memory, James, for me there. Uh, the a lot of the stuff to pick up or press was very, very camera sensitive. Yeah. When you're trying to speed it, it can be very annoying. Yeah, it's it's super frustrating. Like, especially <laughs> so. There's one particular point where uh, the first time I ever died to the baby was when I was doing a speed run, and uh, so you can do. I'm not sure on other difficulties, but you can just stand at the door when you put the fuse in, um, and you just wait for the elevator to come. However, if you wait too long, like the baby will come into the elevator and eat you. Um, so there was a point where I, I quick turned and I could press the freaking button, <laughs> right? And it just came into the, the elevator because I couldn't see it. It wouldn't pop up. And uh, yeah, they, oh, ate, yeah. they ate me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some, some last little points on that because we sort of bring, brought up the challenges. Uh, I don't think it, I think it goes without saying that this game is very replayable. As we as Adam mentioned, we've all done it many times. And the, the big challenge list is good reason for that i think the challenge is really mm. solid this time around there's a lot to do um plus mercenaries as we touched on very briefly as well is a thing uh just yeah happy happy with that and i suppose that sort of leans into sort of the conversation about length um we don't really need to go into it because it's just kind of a stupid argument to be honest not every game needs to be 60 hours um and this sort of adds to that because it's all i've played all week and i'm sure that's true of everyone as well um, yep so that's just says a lot right there and one other minor thing that I just wanted to mention before I forgot, and it's not necessarily gameplay related, but it is related to the menu. 
just another one of those brilliant touches Capcom didn't have to do anything but they did Ethan's little journal of what's been going yeah. on and his little oh, sketches I loved that so much what what brilliant touch just yeah just like a his more perspective mm. I yeah. I've actually I actually hadn't even known about that um I was playing through last night and I paused it and like I opened up the map menu and like pressed something and it went across to the journal when I was in the middle of a speed run. But I was like, oh, sweet, this is here. So that's something I'm going to go back to and, yeah, and read it's cool. through. I'm very yeah. excited. The little I know we're not on nice. characters yet. I know we're not on characters yet, but the fact that Ethan's a masterwork craftsman with a pen, like just, <laughs> just another feather in that man's cap, okay? <laughs> do anything. Hello Survivors and thank you for listening to part one of our Resident Evil Village special. This is the halfway point. The second part of our village discussion is available now in your podcast feeds and on YouTube, which means it should be appearing on screen right at this moment if you're listening on YouTube. Uh, So please do check that out to continue the review of Resident Evil Village where we talk about enemies, characters, story cliffhangery stuff and our general conclusions on the game 